0: Um, but, well, you want me to introduce you? No. No. Okay. <laughs> um, dude, you're awesome, dude. You're the, you're, you're, <laughs> nah, <stop. laughs> so this is kind of new for us. Um, we, you know, we're going to kind of, we're going to, we're, we're not going to fumble through it, but we're going to, we're going to get through it and try to hone this because we feel like, um, in this format here, I, we think that the Lord can really begin to speak during during dialogue, you know, it, it's a little bit different than than Les or myself or Mike or somebody else coming to preach a sermon. But what we're going to do is explore and continue on what we talked about last week. Okay, and if you guys remember, we talked about the supernatural, and I kind of I kind of was exploring this idea. Or the one of the first things I did was make sure that you knew that I, I, I'm not an expert practitioner of the supernatural gifts of God. Right? We have a lot of people here that that we've seen manifestations like healings have taken place right here. We've seen words of prophecy and words of wisdom and knowledge been given in this place that were spot on. Um, we've seen God move in many ways. And, and over the years, I haven't, I've never really been a, 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 um, like a strong practitioner of those kinds of gifts. Uh, but I, I, I made an effort to, to speak about it last week because I know they exist, first of all. Um, just as I know God exists and it's not something that I came to by reason, it's not something that I came to by study, it's not something that I came to by, you know, just, just one day being persuaded by a persuade, some persuasive argument. I came to the knowledge of this, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by an experience that I had with him. And a lot of times it's an experience that you cannot put into words. It's an experience that you can't reason with your brain. And with your mind. But you know that God exists because he either spoke to you or you experienced a love that you just could not explain. Okay. And so when we talk about the supernatural gifts, there are a lot of gifts within the church. But there's one supernatural gift that we all must operate in. And last week we kind of finished up with that. And that was love. That was agape love that we talked about in in 1 Corinthians in chapter 13. Um, If you guys want to go ahead and turn there really quick and we're we're going to leave our finger there in first Corinthians in chapter 13. Um, And we went through those verses to say, if if you have, if, if you have the, uh, if you have the gift to speak in tongues of angels and men, but you don't have love, you sound like a clanging symbol. You're just making loud noises, but you're not really saying anything. If you have the gift of prophecy But you don't have love, that agape supernatural love that Paul talks about. Um, It's all for nothing, right? And in chapter 13, that's what we go through. So this, this love, this agape love is supernatural because it's unconditional, which means that there isn't anything that we need to do to receive it. It's indiscriminate, so it doesn't look at who you are physically. It doesn't look at your appearance. It doesn't look at your past. And it's one that only God can demonstrate or can share in and through us. Okay? Now, we've had those moments and those experience in, in, experiences in our room alone with God, right? We've had, um, we've had those times w- maybe in prayer or, or, or in church where we've experienced God. We might have felt the Holy Spirit come upon us and, 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 and we feel the supernatural, just this experience of love. But for the most of us, we have felt God's love we, way before we became believers through somebody else, and it was through it was through that person's um, willingness to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It was through that person, whoever that might have been, uh, um, act of uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to channel that agape in and through him or her, right? Who act, who led us just as Jesus led Peter to the boat and to the water in that experience it was that person that led us to, to experience the love of god okay and so what i'm what i'm trying to get at here is every single one of us okay before we go out before we we try and master either gifts of prophecy or whether we try to master those gifts of of tongues or words and all of these things and we, and even and the way paul describes we gather up all the knowledge and all that. If we don't have love at the central heart of everything we're doing, that agape supernatural love, it's all for nothing. Right?
1: That's right. And so when you are talking about love and how it's demonstrated through different people. Mm-hmm. And, and so we come across uh, people, uh, different walks from, from different walks of life mm-hmm. um, on our everyday basis. And, And I just, going back to uh, the book of John on chapter 13, where he says, And you command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. So like he was saying, you come across people who love you or you just experience something different, they bless you in a different way. Have, have any of you ever come across someone and you just, you might not even know them and yet you say, man, that person must go to church. I bet you that person's a Christian. How do you know that? It's their love. And it says it right here, that you will be known, people will know you are my disciple because of your love. Has anybody ever told you, hey, do you go to church? Hey, are you a Christian? What do they see? They might not even know you. So I work at Costco. And so many times, uh, a few times, I've had uh, coworkers or just regular customers come up. And they see me on a weekly basis. And I've been told that. Hey, do you go to church? What church do you go to? And it's just it's it, it, it's it's the love. And it's not necessarily just a smile. So a love is not just when you love it's not just saying, Hey, I love you, it's showing that you're love. There's something inside of you. Is that agape love that he was talking about? And um and and so so lo- without love, everything else is is is, is dead. You could do things for people. You could bless others. But where's your heart in all of that? You know? Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, this, uh, just to to expand on that idea too, sometimes it comes in the form, a lot of people don't, don't realize what they're experiencing when they're around you, right? So there's people that, just like this week, there was something that somebody needed and they were too afraid to ask, but they came up to me and said, I knew I could ask you for help because I knew I could count on you. I knew you were dependable. I knew that I could, uh, if, you, if, if I needed something, you would be there for me, right? Um, so there is something special that people are experiencing around you. They may not, they may not, they may not fully understand, right? But they sense because there is an inherent spirit within each and every one of us, whether you're a believer or not. And they con- they're connecting it to something that they're ultimately longing for. Because human beings have an ultimate longing to be loved, not just friendship and not just romantic love, but there is an inherent longing within each of us because we're all created under the image of God to be loved in that way, that unconditional, indiscriminate, the only the only love that God can give. Does everybody understand that? Everybody is longing for that. We just watched a movie last night. It was actually that <clears throat> Elton John movie. Uh, Rocket Man, and, and it's kind of like a biography. And here's a young man who has, who who who's written some of the greatest songs of all time, so many hit singles, right? But he spent his life looking for love in all of these different places because he, there's an inherent there there's there's something within each of us that just longs to be accepted for who we are, right? We don't have to dress up. We don't have to act a certain way. We don't have to think a certain way. We don't have to believe a certain way. God looks at us and says, every single piece, part of you, I love. I might want to improve some things, right? I might, I might look at you and say, we might need to refine some things, but I accept you for who you are. And that's the kind of love that should be flowing through us and out of us
1: around the people around us. And, and like you were saying, there's, 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 there's a diversity and God uses all walks of life. It doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter what you've done. Love is love. And so I have some friends, awesome men that I know. They're about six foot three and taller. They're all bald, beards down to their, to their chest. Yeah. <laughs> Full of tattoos. Arms down to their legs, neck, everything. And they're all bikers. Okay. At first glance, you look at them and they're pretty pretty intimidating if you don't know them. But if one word can describe those men, it would be love. I have never met such genuine, loving, caring men. And those men have access to places that we don't, that some of us might not have access. So, they're in this biker group Right? And it's about 300 bikers here in Houston. And they all gather up and do these big rides. One of them, they call him the pastor. Right? He's not a pastor, but that's what they call him. And he tells me, Mike, every time before we go out for a ride, we meet at a bar and they ask me to pray. He is showing love to those men. God has given him access to minister and show God's love to those men. Maybe someone who's standing in a pulpit with clean cut, no tattoos, you know, might not have that access to show that love to those men. But they do. And the beautiful thing about the heart is that, the beautiful thing about God is that God looks at the heart, not the outward appearance.
0: And if you back up a chapter in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12 and verse 12, this is, God describes the way this is working out within the church. And he says, for as the body is one and has many members, we know the scripture, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. You see, there's this image that Paul is trying to describe the church because it was new. It was still forming. It was still growing. But how, how, how do we look at it? We're not a club, right? this isn 't a huge club we 're not a uh, you know're uh, we 're not alumni part of the same school or network or anything like that we 're much more than that we 're even deep we 're even more connected than a family we are one body right and when Paul wrote this you got to understand that he didn 't have the knowledge that we have now as far as or you know when God and this was inspired through God, but we didn 't have the knowledge that we had. No, when, it, when, uh, concerning the body, all the systems and the cells and the, in the, in our organs, the way everything worked together. Right. But I don't think God was wasting his words right out of the trillions of cells that, that are, I have some, some facts here. There are 30 trillion cells within the body, our body produces 300 billion new cells every single day, um, Blood travels 60,000 miles through your body every single day. Our, our, our femur bone is stronger than concrete, and there's 45 miles of nerves that flow in just our layer of skin. Okay? It's a vast, vast thing. And I don't think God was wasting words because there, now he, it's almost like he could foresee the church was going to be a huge worldwide billions of people involved kind of a thing, right? So in the body of Christ, and this is what we want to get at here, at the body of Christ, it isn't beliefs, it isn't theologies, it isn't doctrines, it isn't how we dress. It's whether, it's not whether or not we have beards or we have hair or we're in a biker or griker group. It's not if we go to the Southern Baptist Church and we've been in church for 30 years or we go to a non-denominational church that meets in a bar or a music venue, right? Or we're part of a Catholic church that goes through services and, and, and very structured environment, right? None of that. None of that is what connects us because in the scripture here in first in first Corinthians chapter 12, what connects us, not the way we speak or look, but we are part of one spirit and that spirit is a spirit of love because in the scriptures, it says God is love and we are going to know you are part of that body
1: by how you love. Right. Yeah. So. What is love? Yesterday, a really good friend of mine, she asked me, do you believe in love? And the first thing that came to my mind was, I don't think there's ever been a bigger demonstration of love than when Jesus was nailed on that cross. That's the biggest demonstration of love. Yes, I do believe in love. What is love? And it's in 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That's what love is. All of that is what love is. And so our, our challenge for us this week How can I apply this to my everyday life? So the challenge for you, for us this week, and it's a challenge because it's not easy. But how are you going to love tomorrow when you go to work? Well, that manager that gets in your last nerve, when that manager is rude to you or to me, how am I going to love that person? Am I going to be rude and disrespectful like that person is to me? Or am I going to be loving? Am I going to be kind? Am I not going to be rude? Am I not going to keep any records of wrong? Yeah, maybe they demoted me. Maybe they are talking behind me, behind my back. But it says right here, love does not keep no records of wrong. So the challenge for this week and moving forward is, how are you going to react when the world is not showing love back to us?
0: You know, and it's interesting because, again, the love that Paul is describing here is that agape love. The only way we are going to be able to demonstrate this kind of love is supernaturally, right? It's being led by the Spirit. Every single day, we can't muster up the kind of patience that agape requires. We can't muster up the kindness, the, the, the lack of proud pride, the, uh, not self-seeking. We can't muster up all of this on our, by our, by our own strength. We need to rely on the Holy spirit. And so as Mike was describing, as we go to work, even in the most mundane and routine of things, we have to allow the Holy spirit to, f- to operate within us supernaturally. And this is the most, at the most basic level of how we are loving people because he wants to witness to people. The, 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 the mission, the entire goal is to bring souls into the kingdom of God. And when and when they asked Jesus, "Uh, what are, what, what are you doing here? And he says, bring me the Bible. And he opened up to the book of Isaiah. And he said, the spirit of God is upon me Mm -hmm. to bind up the brokenhearted, to, to break chains, to heal the sick. To set those that are captives free. That's the goal. That is our mission. That is what we're here to accomplish. And if we can't do the basic thing of allowing the Holy Spirit to supernaturally flow and love people around us. And and demonstrate the patience and the kindness that God gives us every day. That God gave us when we became believers. Right? It's going to be very, very hard. Very, very hard to accomplish that mission.
1: Yeah. And... and- Sometimes speaking for myself, it's not easy to, to love the way that, that Jesus says to love. Sometimes I want to be rude. Sometimes I don't want to be patient. I'm not patient, especially if I'm waiting for, a, for, a, for an answer. God, do I take this job? God, do I leave this job? God, when is that going to door open? I'm not patient. Sometimes we're like that toaster that, you know, if you ever put a, a piece of bread uh, in a toaster and we're sitting there and we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And I've done this many times. I'm just pop it up.
0: Uh, it's not ready. You need that bread right now. Yeah.
1: Like, I got to go to work. I'm hungry. Let's go. Pop it back in. And we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and that's how it is sometimes when you're waiting for God. And, 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 and we're not patient. And then frustration comes out. And then we get angry. And it says love is not easily angered. But more than anything, I want to do God's will. I want to do God's will. And when you look at Matthew chapter 22, a Pharisee, a teacher of the law, asked Jesus, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, the greatest and first commandment is love your God, your Lord God, with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind. And the second commandment is love people. So if I want to do God's will in my life, I got to put my anger aside, my lack of patience aside. My anger aside and love people and they might not show the same love to you, but at the end of it all, you're not, he's not, the, you're not going to answer for that person. You're going to answer to God for yourself. So how are you going to love God?
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, for us being, being, and let me just talk to the men here. Um. One of the one of the things that that is the hardest thing for us to do is is express emotion, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes we can let that anger and pride <laughs> and okay, here we go, Sarah, she's over here, green. <laughs> <laughs> and so a lot of times we can really really focus on healthy ways to express emotion, like uh, or or healthy ways to control our anger, yeah. right? Uh, but a lot of times we don't do the work in knowing how to express the agape love, mm. right, to people who really need it, all right? And, and to, you know, to back up with Mike's friends, the fact the fact that they are known by how loving they are, regardless of how they look, right, the fact that people can, that we made a point and people have come to us knowing they can count on us, that we're, we're reliable, we'll be there when they need them, right, right? Uh, all, all of that, all of that is is a product of us seeking Him and seeking His kingdom. Yeah. So we're not going after patience. We're not, we're not trying to be kind. We're not trying not to be proud. We're not, we're not trying not to be easily angered. But we're we're seeking Him and His kingdom first, and all of these things are added because of because of that.
1: Right. And when you when you put God first, and when you're seeking God first, all of a sudden it's easier to. Not get as angry. It's easier to be a little bit more patient. God said it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. So when you put God first and your focus is Him first, everything else starts falling into place. Everything else starts becoming easier. All of a sudden, you don't have these road rage, rage you know, and, and someone cuts you, cuts you off in traffic and you don't get at that angry anymore. Someone yells at work, and all of a sudden you're a little bit more more patient. You're like, you know what? I feel compassion for that person. They must really be angry. Yeah. Angry,
0: because 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 we used to be that angry. Yeah. Right. Because I used to yell that much. It
1: takes one to it takes it takes one to spot it takes one. One to know. One, right? yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And so, when you seek God first, I've noticed in my life when I seek God first it's just man, I'm not worried about tomorrow, Mm -hmm. my job, how am I going to pay my bills? Am I ever going to get married? You know, am I ever going to have kids? What's going to happen next week, next month, next year? You know, and and we're talking about this this morning. Um, I mentioned uh, that your dreams are on the other side of fear. When you put God first, that fear starts slowly going away because we are, we all diverse. A perfect
0: yes. love is what casts out all fear. It's not, it's not bravery. It's not any of that. It's, it's, it's experiencing God's love. And, um, I know, I know this is, we're harping on this, but this is God, it's got to be at the sin at the, the central motivator for everything that we do. And, you know, like Mike already brought up the greatest commandment. Jesus, Jesus this, is, this is the best answer he could give. Not just because it was a summary of all the Ten Commandments. But like as Mike was alluding to, if we're loving God first, loving people
1: is just going to come so naturally to us. Right? Yeah, I'm, I, I was just thinking right now when Jesus was beaten, nailed to the cross, right? That crown of thorns. Did he ever express anger? What did he say, "Lord, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing." Wow. I mean, no one has ever suffered the way that Jesus suffered. That's love. That's patience. That's kind. That's not keeping no records of wrong. That's not that's not being rude. That's everything that talks about that we ta- that, that that we talk here about in 1 Corinthians. Jesus, in that moment, showed all of this. But his number one focus was always with his father. He had that connection with his father. And yeah, he doubted. And yeah, he felt things. and He said, God, (laughs) take this cup away from me, but let your will be done, not mine. So whatever it is that you're facing today, whatever you face tomorrow, whatever you face this week, next week, next month, I encourage, we encourage you, put God in the center. Put God in the center. And then you start noticing that instead of being angry, you still say, God, forgive them. Forgive them for they don't know. They, in a very humble way, they, but they don't know who they're talking to because I'm your child.
0: And, you know, a lot, a lot of us have gone through a long, long stretches of time where we have not had that experience of love, We haven't felt accepted. We felt rejected or we've we ha- we've had to deal with a very narcissistic person who was constantly taking things from you and you feel so empty and drained. But just to allude to what Mike, the question that was asked to Mike by by a, by somebody, a friend of his, you know, do you believe in love? We hold on to that experience, that salvation experience that the time we we accepted Christ and that salvation experience we experience every single day, and, and the fact that Jesus and God through Jesus has demonstrated such a such a, a bold act of love to give everything of Himself for us. That's that's what strengthens me. It's not what I experience even in my own marriage. It's not the love that I that my wife gives me, right? Even, even, even though there are times where I can, I, I can sense, wow, that was, that was a total unconditional act of love from my spouse. I know where it comes from. I know where it comes from. So.
1: Don't, don't confuse God's love with the love that someone who broke your heart loved you.
0: It's so easy. to do that.
1: Don't confuse God's love by the way they mistreated you. That's not God's love. You want to see a picture of God's love? Mm -hmm. Look at him in the cross. Mm -hmm. He died for you. Mm -hmm. He died for me. That's God's love, not what other people have done to you or what they've said about you. I don't know. I think
0: that's just right. That was good, man. What did you guys think? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We're going to go ahead and pray and end and close here. We're going to be back next week. Maybe about a different topic. Uh, we don't know yet. We'll just, we'll just take it from here. Um, let's just bow our heads this morning. I'm going to pray a blessing over everybody. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for, this morning, Father, for, for the word that you've given. And if there was, if there was a, specific, a specific word that you, that, that you gave to somebody here, Lord, we want to seal it right now in Jesus' name. And, and Lord, as they receive it, Father God, I just ask that you lead them this week to di- begin to discover and investigate in your word, in prayer, what that what that what what it is that you told them, what that means. Father, this th- th- this week, as we go throughout our day, as we go on our jobs or whatever it is that we're doing, Father, may, may we be men and women who are demonstrating your agape love to the people around us so that way they'll know who we are disciples of, Lord. And we know that the, 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 perfect, the perfected act of love was done on a cross. And, and three days later when you rose again, Lord, and you imparted your Holy Spirit to the rest of, of the Jews and the Gentiles, Lord, we are on a mission, <clears throat> and that is to win souls for your kingdom, for your glory, and for their freedom. And we thank you this morning, Father, that we can be your hands, your feet, a part of one body here today. Just ask you to bless everybody and their comings and goings in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Love you guys.